Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Bridge Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the Bridge. Um, well, guys, uh, if we don't know each other yet, my name is Jackson. I'm going to meet you before you leave, um, and I'm very glad you're here. Um, you guys ever heard the expression, you have to pay attention? That's because, like, like I'm asking for your attention, right? And so I just want to, like, thank you in advance. Like, you guys are willing to give your attention to the Word of God, to come under it so that you learn about God and therefore become more like Him and uh, love other people like Jesus did as well. So um, you guys... Like, when I have guest teachers come, they're always like, man, the bridge is fire to teach, you, teach to because you guys lean in so well and are hungry for the word of God. So thanks for making my job very fun. So we are in uh, part five of the This is the Way series. And tonight's teaching is called This is the Way. When we lose our way, we have a shepherd that seeks to bring us back, right? So we're in this series about r- arranging our days to walk in the way of Jesus, right? See, our goal, you and I, our goal is to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, and then do what Jesus did, right? And so for us to do that, we need to have these rules of life we've been learning, these these guardrails, right? Because in order for you and I to keep remaining in Christ and abiding in Christ, there are certain things we have to do every day with regularity and consistency. There's certain habits we want, right? So what are some things you guys do every single day? You eat, what else? Good. Sleep, very good. Anything else? You're right. You read your Bible. That's what I'm talking about. Yes, yes, yes. Pray. Yes, yes. These are things we want to do every day, right? But how, here's the thing. Sometimes you guys are going to arrive at a place in life where you're like, hey, look, like, turns out I'm not reading my Bible every day. In fact, I haven't read it in three weeks or two months even for that matter, right? And then there's some students I know who I haven't seen in a long time, and they haven't even been in church for maybe a few years, right? See, the night's teaching is going to be about us. When we lose our way, you need to remember that you have a spirit, that you have a Jesus Christ that wants to go and retrieve you and bring you back, right? See, you're going to be like Paul sometimes. And Paul said in Romans 7, he says, I don't even understand myself. Do you guys feel like that sometimes? Like you don't understand yourself? Like, and he he goes on to say, he's like, man, why do I do the things I hate? Why do I do the things that I don't want to do? And then there's things that I do want to do, right, that I'm not doing, right? He doesn't even understand himself, but I want you guys to be uh, comforted that when you guys mess up, when you fall short, when you're not functioning all cylinders the way you want to be, there's grace for that. And you have a God that cares about that. He's not looking to condemn you or cast you out. No, he's like saying, no child, you're mine and I'm going to help get you right. So let's look again at the text that we're in tonight. It says that in Matthew 18, this is Jesus speaking to some Palestinians. He says, what do you think if any man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Will he not leave the 99 on the mountains and go and search for the one that is lost? And if, her, and if it turns out that he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the 99 that have not gone astray. So it is not the will of your father who is in heaven that any of these little ones would perish, right? So man, Jesus, he's asking this question rhetorically, right? And here is they are shepherds and they're actually a look down upon people in this culture. And they're like, well, yeah, of course I would go and find my lost sheep, right? Where if you're, I'm thinking, right? If I have a hundred sheep and I lose one of them, right? I'm thinking, you know what? It's one sheep down, like easy come, easy go. Right? I'm like, I'm not going to leave the 99 sheep and go after this one sheep that is lost, right? Because I, I got 99 other ones that I have to 
take care of, right? I don't want to leave the other ones in danger. That wouldn't be wise, right? I'm not going to risk it all for a single sheep, right? And can I attempt to be relevant for like a few minutes? I know I'm getting old, but I try. Can I try with you? Look at this picture with me on the screen for, about risking it all for a second. You guys know that expression? The security guard ready to risk it all for Katie. That's kind of funny, right? Is that funny or is that not funny at all? I don't know. Like, look, look at the way she's looking at him. Isn't that kind of creepy? Right? She's ready to risk it all for Katie, right? Okay, take, take the picture off the screen. It's not landing at all. I'm irrelevant. I get it. Cool, whatever, whatever, right? So um, the truth is, this text, some people view it incorrectly, right? Some people are like, man, he's going to leave me? Because think about this, right? And think about, I think about the story of the prodigal son. There was a son that stayed behind at home that stayed in the father's house. What about you guys as a, as a Christ follower that's walking in the way of Jesus, that's walking the walk, you're in the word, you're in prayer, you're in the house of God, you're serving, you're using your giftings, you're not only worshiping him here, you're worshiping him in your school and in your workplace, making him known, right? You're saying he's going to leave me? Because like, like the text we read tonight is saying, man, he'll leave the 99 and go and find the lost sheep. Man, we, we don't want to take this out of context. We don't want to misunderstand this, thinking that he's going to band, abandon those. Donovan, please listen up for me for a second, bro. We don't want to think that he's going to abandon the 99, which is you and I. He's not going to risk it, right? I think of Jurassic Park, right? You remember when they're in the Jeep, the first one? Have you guys seen the first Jurassic Park? Yeah, it's, it's, it's still, you guys are it's still staying relevant. That's good. That's good. Cool, cool. Awesome. Good. I love the first one. It's the best one, right? And remember when like, like the electricity goes out and they're all just chilling in the Jeep, right? And then you got the lawyer who's in the front seat and he's with two of the kids, right? And then all of a sudden, like, I don't know what, was it a Tyrannosaurus Rex that causes him to like leave the Jeep? Okay, that's what it was, right? Yeah, yeah, so that's right, that's right. So in he, in, in he leaves the kids, right? He leaves the kids in the car and he runs, he bails on them, right? And what is the thing that the kids say when they realize this has happened? He left us, thank you, Nathan. You always have my back with my corny stuff, right? They're like, he left us, right? So I'm looking at this text and I'm thinking like, if I'm one of the 99, and God is represented as my shepherd in the story, and he goes and gets one. Did he leave me? You know, we sing that song about how it's the reckless love of God over the overwhelming, never-ending reckless love of God. Super controversial, right? Kind of like, I think in the text, it talks about how we get caught up in meaningless arguments and useless discussions. This could fall into that category, maybe. Or, like, maybe that song is actually incorrect, because I don't think it's reckless at all, right? I, do I like that song? Yes, if I was the worship leader, would I choose it? Probably not. Do I not want it to be played here? I don't feel that strongly about it. But here's what I'll say about it, right? Because I don't think this is reckless at all. I don't think we worship a reckless God, right? I think the truth is, is that God's love is immeasurable. It is unconditional. It is supernatural. But the truth is, he'll never leave me and he'll never forsake me. And that's the same for you and I, right? Because God is with us. He has the ability because he is omnipresent, and he exists out of time, even though he's comforting you over here, he's still with me at the same time. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. So the actual truth of this text is Jesus, he's actually calling out the religious people. Man, Jesus is saying, man, look, if you are these 99 people that think you're good enough, that you're self-righteous, right? I'm out to find the one that needs me, right? Jesus said, blessed are you when you realize your needs uh, when you realize that, you need me, right? But even when Jesus goes to rec rescue his sheep, right? Even when we were rescued, he is still with us, right? Because we are taught that God's mission, furthering the kingdom, right? It'll happen with or without our obedience. You guys know that, right? Like, like that's kind of like, bums me out when I hear that sometimes. 
is that God's mission of furthering the kingdom, of bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth, to winning lost souls that don't yet know him, right? That'll happen with me or without me. If I quit this job, if I leave Christianity, if I live, leave walking in the way of Jesus, I just go back to, to nursing, which isn't bad, right? Because I can glorify God in that workplace too, and I did, right? But let's say I just abandoned Jesus, but like, look, I don't believe in the Bible anymore. I don't believe in the historical text of Jesus anymore. Do you guys think God's church internationally is gonna shut down? No, it's gonna happen with or without me. But even in spite of that, he still wants me and he still wants you. A God that doesn't need us, yet he still wants us, right? Like I look at my son Spencer, right? I don't need him, right? Like, like I was doing life, me and Brandon, we were doing life without him, right? And in many ways, our life's gotten a lot harder with him. But man, I want him more than anything, right? Even when he wakes me up so early in the morning crying, man, I, I hear his cries and I look forward to opening his crib, turning off the sound machine and picking my boy up doesn't matter what time it is. I'm excited to do that. And that's how the Father views you as well. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you belong to him. You are his sheep, right? And get this, you bless God, right? Do you know that? Like, I think sometimes you're looking at God as this authoritative, uh, unapproachable figure in heaven, but you bless God, right? I mean, my son, like, I kiss him on the lips. I know it's weird. I always like, you guys know about Tom Brady doing, doing that? You guys know, you know what I'm saying? My son's like not 12 yet. He's one and a half. It's still okay. Is it weird? Should I stop doing that? I don't know. I don't, I wish I didn't say, I, I don't think of this stuff before I say it sometimes, right? Forgive me, right? But I love him so much. And sometimes when he's in a real good mood, he'll just like smooch me when I even ask for one, right? I love it. I love it so much. It's so adorable, right? And it blesses me. Right after his nap, and, and usually he's a pretty independent kid. Like he doesn't want me to cuddle on him, but sometimes he'll wrap both arms around me and, and we'll just cuddle. And I'm like, hmm, that's pretty nice. You know what I'm saying, right? It blesses me. I don't need him, but man, he's like my favorite person in the world. See, see like, like that's how God views you. You bless God. Of course he's going to come after his child. Of course he's gonna come after his family, right? And this is a parable, right? This is just a story. This didn't actually happen, right? Okay, Jesus is giving a narrative, right? Just like I'm telling stories to help you guys have a better understanding, right? Jesus is doing the same thing right now, right? So, but the truth is, this did happen in a way, right? Jesus really did leave his throne in heaven. He really did come and live a perfect life here for 33 years. He really was killed on a cross for me, and he really did rise from the grave, right? He really did leave to come and ultimately rescue you tonight, right? So that is truly how much God loves you. So the first thing I want you to see is if I ever lose the way, I have a savior that knows it. He knows it. He is counting sheep, right? He knows it and he will come for me, right? So moving on, moving on to the next point. Now, have you guys ever heard it been said that, you know what? And I've said this before, like, you know what? It's good for people to hit rock bottom, Sometimes you can help people and you can do your best, right? But sometimes they just got to learn, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Like, you guys, know, you guys know what I'm saying? Like, whether if they keep getting in financial trouble or maybe they're living this party lifestyle or maybe they're pursuing just drugs and alcohol and they're just not listening to anybody and you're like, you know what? I've done all I can. We just got to let them go. Have you guys heard this been said before? Okay, cool. 
So I've said that before. In many ways, that probably is true in some situations. However, um, check out this picture with me on the screen for a second. In California, there's a wicked homelessness crisis. Are you guys aware of this crisis right now? It's out of control. And, and, and the, 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 the wealth gap is getting higher. The rich are getting richer. The poor are getting poorer. Like there's no more middle class there. And this is like in downtown LA. That's like kind of a nice area. Right or was a nice area, anyways. Right, and so I had these friends that are missionaries in that area, and they they they're, they're natives to here, and, and their dad's pastor Dave does Anna Folkerts or formerly Folkerts. Anna and her husband Kyle came back here, and they're like, "Man, it's crazy being back in Melbourne. There's like no homeless people here, right?" Where I've been thinking personally in our town, don't you guys feel like it's kind of getting worse lately? Have you guys notice that? Is that just me? Right, but they're like, "Man, there's there's not any homeless people," but it's because they're coming from these conditions, right? And I have another friend that I ran into at Starbucks last week, and he works for Christian Care Ministry, and he was just explaining to me that they just went out, and they were uh, 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 directing a film and, and doing a documentary about this, this crisis going on, right, and saying, how can we help, and here's the things that we can do to help, right, and so um, they went there, and they're driving around, they're interviewing people, and they're, they're setting up these doctor clinics and, and, and helping these people, and then they're, 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 they're going to release it to the world, so we say, Lane, here's how we can help, here's what we can do, but what was interesting is when they got to Chinatown, the homelessness stopped, right? And when they got to certain Spanish communities, abruptly, no more tent cities anymore. Can you guys tell me, like, like use your best inferred guesses, right? use your intuition, why is it like that? Chinatown, it stops. Spanish culture, it stops in these cities. Why? What do you got, Aaron? Okay, it's a little vague. They are awesome, but that's not necessarily the answer. Yes, they are. Why, why, is this, why, why does it stop when we get to those communities? You guys need to, oh, I'm sorry, Jenna. Yes. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. These cultures, more often than not, they're not going to let their families go homeless. This is dominantly the high, and, and there, there's, different cultures mixed in. This isn't always true. This isn't absolutely true. But dominantly, these are Americans, right? And in Asian culture and in Spanish culture, they're not going to let their family go homeless, right? And so then we see an end to this once we get to those communities. Like, 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 like Jackson, that's just your opinion. It just is a fact if you drive around California long enough, that what these guys are telling me, right? See, the same is true with you and God. When you declare Christ as your Lord, you're his child. He wants you to walk in the way, but he does not want you to be away from him as his shepherd. He won't let you go so far. He'll come back and he will get you. Why? Because it's dangerous for you to be apart from the shepherd, right? I'm not, not, not up here preaching um, that, that, that you keep, like this once saved, always saved thing. Like, like, and I'm not preaching, not preaching that either. Right? I'm not trying to get down in that road for a second. What I do know is that if you die in the condition of being a sheep that's wandered away from the shepherd and you die in that place, right? that is dangerous. I can't make a final call. I'm not the judge here in that moment, but I don't want that to happen to you. That's why God is saying, I will leave the 99 and come after you. Man, that has to be how, that must be how the church is as well. Let's look at the text again on the screen. It says in Matthew 18, what do you think? If any man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, won't he leave the 99 in the mountains and go search for the one of the lost? If it turns out that he finds it, truly I say to you, he rejoices over it more than the 99 that have not gone astray. So it is the will of your father, 
Look at the verses 13 and 14. It's the will of your Father who is in heaven that not one of these will perish, right? See, look at verse 13 for a second. If it turns out that he finds it, he will rejoice over you. See, God's never gonna stop pursuing you, but at some point, we do have to turn to God. He's pursuing us. He's right next to us. He wants us, but you and I must choose to submit ourselves to God, saying, God, here I am. I'm willing to come back into your fold. I'm willing to let you be my shepherd because you're good for me. You'll protect me and you want me because sincere love must require a choice. We must choose to turn to God. It's saying in verse 13 that if he finds us, right? But when he does, it's saying that he even rejoices more over you, right? Even more so he'll celebrate, right? So I got a couple questions. How is this so, right? Can I tell another story about my son? Please forgive me. This all, thank you, thank you. I'm so self-conscious about this. I'm really, I'm telling like 40 stories about him tonight. Probably tell 40 stories next week, right? See, we are children, right? Remember that. We are children of God, right? Can we agree on that? So when I'm in my day-to-day expense, I'm a very affectionate person. That's why when you guys are coming in, I'm like, come here. Like, I love you guys. Or I'm bro-hugging you guys. I'm throwing side hugs to the ladies because I'm a Christian. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, right? Right, right? And I'm just like, yo, what's up? If I haven't seen you, Mason, where you at? Mason, I haven't seen you in a long time. You don't know me that well. I saw Mason for the first time in forever. I was like, Mason, what's up, man? You on steroids? You working out? Where you been, dude? Let's go. I mean, I love it. I love it when people I haven't seen for a long time finally come back. So you can imagine with my son, right, how affectionate I'm going to be uh, with him. But guys, did I ever tell you about when I lost Spencer? You guys know, my son's only one and a half. I've already lost him, right? We were in Target. And we were playing this game. He would like run down an aisle and I would like chase him like, Spencer, get back here. Like, and I can get him, right? Like, I'm just like, let him get away. And then like, he hooked the left, right? And, I, and so I thought I was fast enough to run down the other aisle and like kind of cut him off, right? And be like, jump out in front of the aisle, right? So I'm waiting. I jump out and he's not there, right? And I'm just like, Spence, you know, like looking around the aisles and then I like, I run and find his mom. I'm like, you got Spencer, you know, and he's gonzo, right? He looked left and then he hooked a right. He lost me, right? And I'm like 32. He's one, right? He's good. He's, he, he, he deceived me, right? He's a little deceiver. I'm going to have a horrible pastor's kid on my hand, maybe for all I know. I don't know, right? So I'm losing him. And so once I realized Brianna didn't have it, she just shut down. Her eye just went boop, you know, and I'm just like running around. I'm like, hey, anyone seen a baby? Which makes me sound like a horrible father, right? I lost my kid. He can barely walk, right? So this is just so scary. And then this guy's like, yeah, I saw some little kid at the waters. And I'm just like, and you didn't tell anybody? Like, how's that okay? Like, like that's, if I see you know, someone that comes up to my shins, I'm going to be worried about him and check on the guy, right? Or do something. And so I'm like, well, where are they? And then we got an Target employee. And he's like, how old is the kid? I'm I'm like, he's one. And they're like, how big is he? I'm like, I don't know what. Like, just, just call the president and do something, man. And so he gets on his walkie. He's like, all right, we got a code yellow. We got a kid we can't find. So finally, I figured out where the waters were. And his mom was holding my baby, right? And I just like went and like took her from him. I was like, thank you. And she just looked at me and judged me. You know what I'm saying? I was like, man, girl, you don't know how hard this was for me. Like, don't even look at me like that, right? But here's the thing. I was freaking. I made Brianna go and stand by the exit just in case anyone scooped my boy up, right? And Brianna would have ripped someone's eyeballs out, right? You know what I'm saying? It's like, we will come for our child. And I know I was irresponsible, but we were just trying to have a little bit of fun, you know? We got, like, we got carried away. So here's what I'm trying to say, right? And think how God feels when you're not in his fold, right? You're his child too, 
Do you, do you not view God as your father? Is that just like some hypothetical idea? Or are you really a child of God, right? And we need to start saying and understanding like, man, like if I'm away from God, it's a problem for him, a major problem for him. So I was looking through these pictures recently. And if you guys want to look at some incredible um, pictures, look at uh, the pictures from like the Nobel Peace Awards and like the Pulitzer Prize Awards, right? So check, check out this picture with me for a second. This is a family, right? And uh, this was uh, Lieutenant Sturm. And this is at um, an Air Force base, at Travis Air Force Base in California. I don't know if you know where that is, Greg, or not. But it says that Sturm was held as a prisoner of war by the North Vietnamese Army for more than five years. He was greeted on the tarmac by his 15-year-old daughter in the center and the rest of his family. This Photograph truly captured a moment of joy as his daughter rushed to see the father she had lost more than five years earlier. So think about that, right? Think about your guardian right now. Imagine losing them for five years, right? And then being able to be reunited. Look at that joy. Look at that celebration from that time, right? I think of another story that I don't have the picture of, but there was this, uh, young, this baby named uh, Jessica McClure, out in Texas, right? And she was famously known as Baby Jessica in 1987, right? And she fell into a well in her aunt's backyard in Midland, Texas. She was only 18 months old. Guess how long she was in this well? She was in this well. She's 18 months old. It's a little bit younger than my son, Spencer. She was in that well for 56 hours. And they knew she was in there, but just the, the way the well was structured, they could not get to her. They could not get her out, Right? And that was another picture that won an incredible award was just the celebration, the crying and the cheering. And it was captured from a ladder of everyone when they got baby Jessica out of that well. There was a celebration over her. Check out this text with me on the screen. It says in Luke, it says that, and, and when he found it, he puts it on his shoulders, referring to the sheep. And when he comes home, he calls together all of his friends and all of his neighbors. And he says to them, rejoice with me because I have found my sheep that was lost. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over the 99 righteous people who have no need for repentance, right? Man, so yes, God is gonna celebrate over you. See, when lost souls are found, there is a party in heaven, right? And I want, I want to care about that. I don't want to get caught up in things of the world and the pursuits of it. I want to care about from here, making parties start in heaven. You know what I mean? See, I, I want to be part of it. eternal parties, heaven parties, soul parties, right? So once again, I have to ask you, if you are walking the walk right now, and it's saying in that text, he rejoices more over the one sinner than the 99 righteous, right, who have no need of repentance, right? So, so, so let me not take that out of context. This is talking about people who, who don't need Jesus, right? Religious people, right, who think I'm better than other people and like they use their, their legalistic standards as a measuring stick to make other people feel bad, which is not the heart of God at all. But let me talk about us for a second, those that are in the way, not those that are making people feel bad. Does God not care about me? Does he care more about saving sinners or does he care about his disciples too, right? See, the truth is this, right? You guys, like, like, do you guys know what a tile is? Do you, guys, do you guys know what that is? You're like, I'm not senile or have Alzheimer's. I don't need one yet. I'm 16 years old. See, my brain is already crumbling right now. And so I have to keep a GPS tracker on my keys because if you've been friends with me long enough, you know I lose them once a week. And it's horrible and it stresses me out and I have to send out search parties to find my keys, right? When I have my keys, I'm not, like, freaking out celebrating about it, Right? But when someone else who often finds them for me, I'm actually stoked about that when I have it the whole time. Does that, make, does that help a little bit, 
right? Like think about like, like the relationship, like difference, right? When my son, like we're super around, we're having a good time, but when he's lost and I found him, I'm super stoked to find him again. So, so don't let that throw you off at all. Look at this next thing on the screen. It says in verse 14, it is the will of your father who is in heaven for not one of these little ones to perish, right? See, God wants everyone to be saved. He wants everyone to be saved. It is his will, right? That's why he sent Jesus, right? And you and I, we must have the heart of God as well. So everyone look at me for one second. Like, do you want everyone to be saved? Or do you not? I'm not being a jerk because sometimes I don't care, right? You're like, Jackson, you're a pastor. Like, how can you say that? Sometimes I'm distracted. Sometimes I'm not conscious. Sometimes I'm apathetic, right? Sometimes I'm busy. You know what I mean? So the truth is this, is that you and I, we must have the heart of God because he does, in fact, here, we must also be rescue ships. Can you guys say that with me? Can you guys say rescue ships? We must be rescue ships. I remember Levi Lesko, and I've explained this to guys before, is that he fears that you and I, as a church, that we become um, maybe more of a yacht club than a rescue ship, right? You guys know what the origins of yacht clubs were? Or actually, let me ask you guys this. What is a yacht club now? I think that's fair to say. They're pretty wealthy. They kind of like gather together, eat maybe some nice food, right? And like talk about how nice their boats are and how rich they all are. And if your dad's in a yacht club, no shame. I would be in one if I could be. I don't have a boat, right? So I'm trying to get in a Christian yacht club, right? Or so I don't know. I don't know. Something. Right? I'm not, I don't mean to put down yacht clubs. They're not all bad, right? My best friend's dad in a yacht club. So, so, but, but overall as a whole, right? Like uh, they become something, it's evolved into something that it didn't start out as. It was a club of people who had boats that when the Coast Guard couldn't get to a certain situation in time, they would gather and rally together and go out and rescue people. They were rescue ships. That was the purpose of a yacht club. But now it is kind of what Liam has explained it to be. It's maybe these people who just gather together and hang out and have a nice time, right? I mean, the heart of God is to leave this place that we're in right now, right? Because we gather together, but then we ought to scatter back out and go out and reach the lost, Right? But if we're not doing that, then we don't have the heart of God and we are in a dark place. Can you, can you guys all lock it in for me over here for a second, please? If we're not doing that, then we've lost the heart of God and we have to get back to it because it's not the will of God that anyone should perish, right? His will, as we just read in the text, is that all would know him as king, right? So do we have the Father's heart, right? See, when someone is lost, have we lost something? Are we aware of that, Right? See, like literally, in this room, look around this room for a second. Can you guys all creep each other out for a second? Look at each other. If one of us isn't here, do we notice? Do you notice? I'll tell you what, I notice, and I'm not bragging myself up, is like, man, but I am your pastor. I am an under shepherd to God, right? Like, like, do you guys think like Jackson wouldn't know if I'm gone or not? I know, right? Like I know when you guys aren't here and it does bother me right? Because I, I care about you and I want the best for you. I want you to be in community. I want you to be seeking Jesus. I want you to be becoming more like God. And if I care, think how much that God cares, right? See, and if I care and God cares, right? It's the will of God, right? Then it should be the will of you as well, right? You guys should also care. When someone is lost, we ought to feel it. We ought to know it. It says that with shepherds, it was normal for a shepherd to count their sheep every single night. Right? Anyone ever been on a mission trip with, with, with before, or with me for that matter, anywhere? Okay. You guys have all, have you guys, oh, let me ask you this question, because apparently not a lot of you guys. We need to go on another mission trip if internationally they let us or something, right? Let me just guess it. Have you been on a trip where they do head counts? 
All, we've all been on a trip that they do a headcount ultimately, right? So why do you think we do headcounts? We don't want to lose anyone. We don't leave anyone behind. I remember um, on the Atlanta airport, you know how there's like a tram that like sends you over, like after you've gone through like, 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 the, like the security checkpoint and they actually s- send you over to where the tarmac is and all that? Like that thing opened and my parents were like, yeah, cool, go ahead, Jackson, right? I go, I'm like, oh, sweet, first airplane ride. We're going to Vermont, I'm five years old, right? I'm like, oh, first one on, boom, doors closed. I get sent off without my family, right? It was like a home alone situation. And I'm just like, oh, great, this is it. I'm getting kidnapped for sure. This is how it happens and I'm horrified now. And like, do you think my parents were like, because my parents, uh, big family, uh, one of six kids, you guys know this, right? Um, do you think they're like, ah, cool, we had six kids, now it's five. Um, hope we don't miss our flight. No, they were freaking out, man. I was freaking out, they were freaking out. It was a problem, right? Like, and, and I don't think we're gonna be that extreme for each other, nor should we. But I think we should care. I think we should notice when someone's gone. And I think we should go back and get them just like Jesus would, right? I need you guys to do that. I need you guys to start taking ownership of that. It says in James 5, verse 19 through 20, my brothers and sisters, if anyone among you strays from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that the one who has turned a sinner from their error of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins, right? God wants to use us. Everyone bend your, like go up and down and say us. Can you do it? Good, thank you. Come on, rock with me. Say us. Good. Okay, stop, stop. You guys are so good. Thank you. He wants to use us, right? He's seeking lost people, right? The Spirit, you guys know this, every person in history, or in, in, in every person that's alive in the world right now, do you know who's next to them? Is the Holy Spirit ministering to them. I don't care if you've ever heard about Jesus or not. I don't care if you've ever seen a Bible or not, right? As a matter of fact, every single person in the entire world right now, the Holy Spirit is next to them, ministering to them, advocating them. I believe telling them that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, saying turn back to God. He is the way. Come back home. Come back into the way, right? So the Holy Spirit is doing his job, but he wants to use us as well, and he wants to use us in vital roles, right? And I tell you guys frequently, Jesus didn't stay, did he? Remember, he ascended into heaven. Right? He did not stay. And you know what? He didn't send the angels. He left you and I with the power and empowered with the Holy Spirit to go out and save lost souls for the kingdom and then disciple them just like you guys are right now yourselves. We must start taking responsibility for each other. Right? Man, am, am I your responsibility or not? Right? Are you responsible for each other? And we are a community and we have to care about each other. Right? And we have to notice and feel it when one of us is gone. Right? We have a role and we have an influence. Look at this, the last point. This is the way. It's not our job to make anyone believe. We can't do it. I can't do it. I can't win an argument and make someone believe. I can't have a good enough uh, 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 list of words put together. I can't do anything to make someone believe. I can't do it. Only the Spirit can do that. But it is our job and it's our privilege to seek, search, invite, and restore. So I want you guys to think, and we'll, we'll do prayer and share um, in, in about two minutes here, but for 30 seconds, can you guys just close your eyes and give your full attention to God? So do that right now. And think about this, right? We just read, it's not the will of God that anyone should perish. Is that your will? Do you don't want anyone to perish either? 
And my will is that all would come to be saved and have the knowledge of God, right? And not just know his name or know about him, but to really know him as the father, right? The next thing I want to think about is someone that's not here anymore. And say, you know what? I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to go back and get them, right? And if they're in another community, loving God with all their heart, soul, and mind, then we'll celebrate that, right? They don't have to come here. But if they're not anywhere, we want them here. Think about that person. Let God show you a face right now. If the Spirit's speaking to you about a person, listen to that Spirit, right? Respond to that, saying, you know what? I'm going to do something about it. I'm not going to disobey you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to have the heart of God in this matter. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Hey guys, thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to learn more about The Bridge, please follow us on Instagram at wearethebridge. Also, if you need prayer, send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.